listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm just going to do a bit, a, a bit of a mini rant today. I like doing rants. I'm back with a rant. And uh, just going to kind of talk about it. One of the things that we are going to do very soon is uh, me and some of the team, we're going to jump on uh, stereo and kind of do a joint uh, broadcast to kind of talk about, um, you know, Christian businesses, churches, different things that uh, that we've just seen from traveling so much. Uh, it, it, it's mind-blowing to me how unprepared some people are for increase, unprepared for increase. Um, and I'm, I'm going to rant a little bit about that today, but when we get all together with the team, we're going to talk about some things that we've seen, uh, with Christian businesses, even churches, uh, where they're just not ready. I mean, people need to hear this because, you know, I think people start a business and they're a Christian and they think that, you know, well, just cause they're a Christian and have a business, you know, everything's going to pop off. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, but today I want to, uh, kind of do something a bit different and talk about, um, and really I'm, it's, it's a bit of a rant, but it needs to be said. Um, we, there's so many people and including leaders that are simply not prepared for increase. They're not prepared for increase. And, um, I want to, the reason I want to talk about that is because when you understand the way God works when you understand his plans for your life, if you've watched this broadcast for any period of time, you know, as well as I do, that God has a plan to bless you abundantly. He has a plan to increase you abundantly. And so a couple of verses I want to start out with, as we normally do if we're talking about this subject, uh, I want to deal with uh, really two verses, uh, the first being Proverbs 4.18. You've heard me quote this many, many times. I'm going to quote it again today, and then I'm going to take you to another one. And by the way, share it. If you're just jumping on, share the broadcast. Um, Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Now look at verse 19. I don't often read this one, but let me read it along with it. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. And so that's contrasting the path of the wicked with the path of the righteous. The path of the righteous is completely different than the path of the wicked. The path of the righteous is brighter and brighter and brighter until full day. Whereas the way of the wicked is deep, is like deep darkness and they're stumbling over stuff that they don't even know what they're stumbling over. And so if you just look at the words of the, uh, the writer here, you can see the difference. There should be a big difference between the path of the righteous and the path of the wicked, big difference. And what is the difference that our path should never stop getting brighter. That's key. In fact, I want you to put that in the comments today. My path should never stop getting brighter. My path should never stop getting brighter. That's key. That is key. 
Uh, now let me give you another verse as we're moving forward. Isaiah 48 and verse 17. So as you're writing that in the comments, my path should never stop getting brighter. That's exactly the thought process that we're going off of today. My path should never stop getting brighter. That's exactly it. Now let me read to you from Isaiah 48 and verse 17. And I'm sure you're putting notes down today. Put them in the comments as we read these passages. Hey, Sean. Isaiah 48, 17, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Well, what did he say? Listen to this quote. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. You see that? I teach you to profit and I lead you in the way that you should go. Well, what way is that? I'll tell you what way that is. Good morning, Mary Beth. The way that he's leading you is on the path that gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Think about it. Brighter and brighter and brighter. That's the path he's leading you on. He teaches you to profit. He teaches you to increase. Teaches you to profit. Teaches you to increase. And leads you in the way that you should go. Now, let me uh, finish these series of texts that we're starting with, with the first Psalm. Psalm 1. It's again a picture. A picture of what the righteous should look like. Look at this now. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates. So it shows you where your meditations should be. Day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. That's huge. And in all that he does, he prospers. He what? He prospers. So three things we're looking at to start this day. Number one, your path gets brighter and brighter and brighter. That's number one. Your path gets brighter. Number two, he's teaching you to profit. God is teaching you to profit. Number three, in all that you do, you'll prosper. Your leaves will not wither and you'll bear fruit in every season. So catch this now. And this is, this is going to be kind of a, uh, as I said, it's going to be kind of a rant. It's, it's less like a teaching, more of a rant. But the reason I tell you this is because I've watched and it's mind blowing to me. Though these are the promises of God, though this is God's nature, this is what he wants to do for his people. God will never lead you into decrease. He leads you into increase. It, God's not the one who wants you to diminish. That's the devil. God wants you to abound. He wants you to expand. He wants you to increase. And so <clears throat> what I've found is that there are many believers that are just not prepared for increase. 
They're not ready. They've not set themselves in position for increase. And so what, what you've got to do, and I want to kind of talk about this because I've seen, I have seen the, the bad side of this, which we'll talk about, and I've seen the good side of this. And we've got to, we've got to make a mental note that if I really believe what we just read, if I believe that for real, then that means I'm going to be preparing myself for that kind of an outcome. I've got to prepare myself for that kind of an outcome, the kind of an outcome where God can bless me and I am ready to take it in. I am ready to take it in. Let me go to one more place to show you where God blessed people so abundantly that they weren't quite ready for the level of blessing that they experienced. Hmm. Now, this shows you that when God blesses you, he blesses you to the, to the degree that it goes beyond where you were even expecting to be blessed. I read the story in Luke 5 of Jesus uh, causing uh, Peter's boat and his nets to be filled with fish. You, something you've got to pull from this story now is that when Jesus, I'm, I'm referencing Luke 5 verses 1 through 7. Luke 5 verses 1 through 7. It's the story of Peter uh, allowing Jesus to use his boat before he was a disciple. And then Jesus saying thank you by giving him a massive catch of fish. And the Bible says he told Peter to put out the net into the deep and uh, or let down his nets for a catch into the deep. And he said, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, verse six, when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Now think about this as a principle. I know this is a story. I know it's narrative, uh, but I want you to see it as a principle. When God blesses you, according to the book of Ephesians, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that you could ask or think. That's Ephesians 3.20. So think about that principle. God always does exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. So Peter had been fishing all night long expecting to catch fish and caught none. But he already had nets and he already had a boat. So in one sense, he was prepared for the natural level of blessing. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. He was prepared for the natural level of blessing, but he was not prepared for the supernatural level of blessing. And I'm going to show you that from the text here. He was not ready for the supernatural level of blessing. Now look what the Bible says. When they had obeyed the word of Jesus, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Now here's the question. Why were their nets breaking? They were breaking because the nets that they had, he was expecting natural a natural catch, a natural increase. This is a principle to show you when Jesus blesses you at the supernatural level of increase, what you have won't be enough to enclose it all, to hold it all. His nets began to break. 
So then what did they do? Verse seven, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. So they needed two boats, not one. Do you see that? They needed two boats, not one boat. And when their partners came, they filled both of the boats so that they both began to sink. So that means not only were their nets not enough, their boats weren't enough. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Catch it. Not only were their nets not enough, their boats weren't enough. I'm speaking into your spirit today. Get ready because your nets won't be enough and your boats won't be enough. God's going to bless you in such a way. This is his plan. This is his desire. He's going to bless you in such a way that you will overflow and you will abound. We, the victory tribe, we will be in position for increase. We will be in position for increase. We will not miss out on what God has planned for us. We will not. You will not miss out on your blessings. You will not miss out on your increase. And by the way, it's not going to be a natural increase. It's not going to be a natural blessing. But as it was here for Peter and his friends, a supernatural blessing that they didn't have room enough to contain. They were ready for natural level. They were not ready for supernatural level. See this now. Another place that I could take you before I, I really break it down is uh, the gospel of John chapter 21. After Jesus' resurrection. And the same type of deal was happening. They were out fishing again. Fished all night, caught nothing. And as they were coming into the shore, Jesus on the shore, and they didn't even know it was Jesus, said, hey, have you caught any fish? And they said, no. He said, well, then cast your net to the right side of the boat. You'll find some. So they cast it. <laughs> and they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Glory to God. Glory to God. Notice what they had to do. They cast their net into the water and it got so filled with fish that the Bible says they couldn't haul it into the boat. So do you realize what they had to do? Uh, according to scripture here, uh, apparently the net had to hang over the side of the boat with all the fish and they had to keep making their way to shore with the net full of fish over the side of the boat. Because the Bible says that when they got to the shore, verse eight, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards away. So they literally dragged the net from the side of the boat through the water up onto the shore. And the Bible says that there were 153 large fish in their net. So catch it. When Jesus blesses you, it's so much that it blows the minds of men and women around you. In fact, because they understood the nature of Jesus, even though they didn't know it was him on the shore, as soon as his word caused increase, John said to Peter, that's the Lord. That's the Lord on the shore. And Peter put his shirt back on because he'd stripped for work, jumped into the water and swam to the shore to greet Jesus. They knew it was Jesus because of the level of increase that came when he spoke a word. That ought to stir you up right there. That ought to get you excited. 
That's how God works. And they knew it was the master based upon the increase that followed his word. So I want you to see this now. People aren't ready for the increase that God has planned for them. And I want you to, I want you to hear this. I'm going to talk about a couple different things. Number one, I'm going to talk about uh, external readiness, external preparation, systems maybe. And I'm going to talk about internal readiness, internal preparation. And, and the both need to be talked about. But, but hear what I'm saying to you today. Hear what this rant is about. Most people are not ready for the level of increase God has prepared or what he wants to release to them. What am I talking about? What, what, am I, what do I mean practically? We have to work to put ourselves in position for the increase that Jesus has prepared for our lives, our businesses, our ministries. They have to do it. You've got to put yourself in position. Good morning, Janine. Good morning, Ashley. Uh, what, what do I mean? Well, for example, I've been to churches. And uh, this is not a derogatory thing. I'm not, I'm not bashing them. I'm just saying that this is an example. Uh, let's say we pray for revival and we're praying for revival and we're praying for revival and we're praying for revival. When God truly releases revival, you better be ready for it because it's one thing to pray for it. It's another thing to be ready for it. It's one thing to pray for it. It's another thing to be ready to facilitate it. What, what, what do I mean? Well, let's say you were a spiritual leader of a church, pastor, and uh, you had been praying, Lord, send revival to our church, send revival to our church. Let souls be saved. You can fast, you can pray. You can fast, you can pray. You can press toward that mark. But here's a question. Are you prepared for that level of increase? Are you prepared for that level of increase? Well, what do I mean by that? Well, let's break it down. What if God did answer your prayer? Now, let's, let's just think about the numbers. The average church in America is anywhere between, generously, 75 to 95 people in attendance on a Sunday. That's generous. That's generous. The average church in America spans between 75 and 95 congregants on a Sunday morning. Uh, that's their whole church. So if we're praying and saying, oh Lord, oh Lord Jesus, send revival, send souls. I pray that you save our city. Okay, that's a good prayer uh, and you're, you're doing the work. But here's the question. Are you ready for even a tiny portion of your city to be saved in your church? Most, the answer to most, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Think about it now. Let's say you lived in a very, very small city very small. Let's say that where you lived, the total population of the, the town that your church was in, let's just say it was, uh, for sake of math, 20,000 people. Let's say you lived in a place that had 10,000 people. Okay. 10,000 people. And let's say your church is the average 75 to 95 people on a Sunday. And you're praying, send revival, send revival. Lord, save, save this generation, save our city. Let the souls come in. All right. Let's say you've got the, sep let's, let's go on the high number. Let's say you have a hundred people in your church and you prayed and asked God to do that. You got 10,000 people in your small town. 
Forget if God gave you a tithe of the town, which is a thousand people. Let's just say God gave you 1%. Let's even go less than that. Let's say that God gave you a half a percent of a harvest of your, of your town or city that's only got 10,000 people in it. That's 50 people. That's 50 people. If, if God gave you 1% of your town in souls, that's 100 people. That doubled your church in one day. It doubled your church. You went from 95 people to 100 people getting saved. Now you got 200 people. You just doubled your congregation. But here's the question. If you went to a church that had 85, 95 people on a Sunday, do you think that the average church is ready for 100 people to get saved? What do I mean? Are they ready? Well, do they want to see it? Absolutely, they want to see it. But if they did see it, would they be ready? What do I mean by would they be ready? Are they ready to take them in? Let me, let me just say this. If you went to the average church, do you think they have 100 new believer packets ready to go? Let's just say new believer packets. You've got a Bible. You've got some materials, maybe a book on what it means to serve Jesus. Do you think they have 100 new believer packets packaged and ready to go? No, most churches do not. I've been there. I've been there. Most churches do not have that ready to go. So forget the rest of it. Just the basic thing. You don't even have a hundred new believer packets packaged and ready to go. Let's go beyond that. Do you think that the average church is ready to facilitate follow-up for a hundred people? The answer to that? No, they're not. They're not ready. Are they ready to call a hundred people? Are they really ready to mail out to a hundred people? Are they ready to follow up on those new believers? Average question, the answer to that question, average on average, no. They're not ready. They're not ready to do that. Go on further than that. What about discipleship, which is the true and very important point when anybody gets saved, they need to be discipled, right? Because we're not out to make decisions. We're out to make disciples. We don't need more converts. We need disciples, people who walk in the disciplines of the master. So is the average church, if God only gave them, if they were in a city of 10,000 people, very small, and God gave them 1% of the city, 100 people. Do you think the average church is ready to disciple 100 people? No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not ready. So uh, I want you to think about this from the practical level. We've got to be ready. We've got to be in position, in position to do what God has planned for us to do. He has increase ready for us. He's got blessing ready for us. He's got next levels ready for us. But are we ready? Are we ready? And here's the other thing, especially when it comes to new believers, God's not a child abuser. So that would be like saying, let me think, let me say it this way. That would be like saying, okay, uh, I'm going to give you... <laughs> You know, everybody understands that there are foster kids that need, I mean, you know, there's orphans, there's people that are in uh, orphanages and whatever, they're in the system and they need real homes Will they'll be loved and they'll be cared for. Well, what if, you know, there's plenty of those thousands upon thousands upon thousands of young children like that in America, in the system that need a home, they need parents that will love them and take care of them. The average house, you're not ready to take 50 kids into your house, Right. You'd not be able to care for 50 kids. If somebody from, uh, you know, 
one of these organizations dropped 50 seven-year-olds or five-year-olds off at your house tomorrow. Are you ready to care for 50 five-year-olds, 50 seven-year-olds? No, most people are not ready to care for 50 seven-year-olds, 55 year-olds. So the, the same thing, they would, they, would be, they would suffer because you're not ready to care for them. Do you think God wants to abuse his children that get saved? No. So uh, rather than have new believers abused because they, they can't be cared for, they can't be discipled, do you think God's going to release that kind of increase to places that aren't ready for it? No. No. They're not in position to receive that kind of increase. And see, that's why the Bible gives us this principle. If you're faithful over a little, he'll make you ruler over much. If you're faithful over a little, he'll make you ruler over much. Now, I understand everybody that's watching me today. You're not, you're not all pastors. You're not all ministers. Uh, most of you are, are Christians working secular jobs. I get that. I'm going to bring it home to you. Uh, for example, let me, let me give it to you this way. What if you're an entrepreneur? What if you had your own business where you produced some product and you said, okay, I want God to bless my business. I want God to bless the work of my hands. I can think just for example, I saw Britt's name pop up in the comments, Britt, Britt Lukens that makes the cake pops. Well, let's use that as an example because it'll be easy for people to understand. Um, what if, see, here's where I'm talking about being ready for the increase God has for you. What if, I'm sure, you know, Britt has prayed, I've prayed for her, that God would increase her business, bless the work of her hands. But let's say, for example, tomorrow, somebody called in and said, I'd like to place an order for 100,000 cake pops, 100,000, I'm not saying a million, 100,000 cake pops, or even 10,000 cake pops. What's that going to look like for Britt? What would that look like for any business owner? Are we prepared for next levels of increase? That's the question I'm asking. Even if somebody called and said, I want 2,500 cake pops. I want 1,000 cake pops. I want 10,000 cake pops. What if that thing blew up on the internet and people started placing orders from all over the United States and said, I want 100,000 cake by, by, by tomorrow night at 5 o'clock, we have to be ready to ship out 230,000 cake pops. You say, well, God, I want you to bless my business. I want you to bless my business. Okay. At what level do you want him to bless it? At what level are you ready for him to bless it? You see that? This is, this is what I'm breaking down for every person that's watching. We talk about increase. We want God to bless us. Of course we do. But we have to be in position for God to bless us. What if you said, well, I have this product and I want, I want, to, uh, I want God to bless this product. I want God to bless the work of my hands. I'm doing all this. But... Uh, how's anybody finding out about your product? Does anybody know about it? Can anybody find it online? Do you have a store online? See what I mean? In 2021, do you have a store online? Do you have, do you have a way for people to find you? Do you have a way for people to, you see what I mean? So it's, are we ready for the increase that God has? Are we ready for the increase that God has? Are we ready to, uh, uh, take in our, our, better way to say it from the, the Bible story, are our nets too small? Is your net too small? I want you to put that in the comments. Is my net too small? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. Is my net too small? Is my net too small? 
I'm just, I'm thinking about the fact that God so much wants to bless us, but is our net too small? Are we thinking too small? Are we prepared uh, too small? You don't want to have a small preparation. I've been to places, and of course it's a wonderful testimony, but do you know I've been to places where uh, we've, we've had revival? I want you to think about this because this is a real example. I've been to places where um, we've had revival and people keep getting saved and people keep getting saved to the point, like I said a moment ago, there are, new, there are no new believer packets left. We're at like Wednesday night of a, of a week-long revival and there's no more packets left to give any new believers. None. You see what I mean? And yes, that's a wonderful testimony to say we had so many people get saved that we didn't even have any new believer packets left. Okay, but is my net too small? Is my net too small? Right? I want God to bless my business, but is my net too small? Is my net, could I not handle what I'm praying for? Here's a question that we have to be honest as we ask ourselves. If God answered my prayers, could I handle it? <laughs> Think of that. In fact, I want you to put that in the comments because this is really the crux of what I'm talking about today. If God answered my prayers, could I handle it? Put that in the comment section because that right there is huge. It's huge. And it's what I've seen across the board. If God answered my prayers, could I handle it? Think about it. God, save our city. Okay, what if the city came to your church? God, bless my business. All right, what if your business started to overflow? Would you have to, would you have to spend a year running to keep up with the vision? Or do you have something in place where you're expecting increase and you've got a system prepared and you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I'm already ready to go. As soon as he starts blessing, I've got a way to handle the blessing. Is your net too small? If God answered your prayers, could you handle it? That's a question we need to, we need to ask ourselves constantly because, you know, God does want to answer our prayers. God does want to take us into the overflow. But what if he did? Would we be ready? Would we be prepared? That's a question we have to ask ourselves often. Re-examine your, the way that you're, that you're rolling is, is, is what I'm doing in dedication. Could I handle it or would it just crush me? I'm praying for all this increase, but would the increase crush me? Would the increase crush me? Do I not have any way to handle the increase? You know, if God blessed my business, would I have to work 120 hours in a week that only contains 168 hours in order to handle all that God's doing? See? And so you have to ask yourselves, uh, if God answered my prayers, could I handle it? Could I handle it? And then if, you, if the answer is no, then the question then becomes, what do I need to do to begin to handle it? If God was to bless me now, what do I need to do to handle it? What, what changes can I make? What changes can I make in my church? What changes can I make in my business? What changes can I make in my family? to be able to handle the increase that God has prepared. 
Stop and think about it right where you are. Are you ready for the increase of God? I mean, practically ready. I don't mean like, oh my God, I'm ready. I'm ready for him to open the windows. I don't mean like that. I mean like, are you prepared? Do you have a structure? Do you have the infrastructure to handle what God's about to do for you? We really had to think about it hard. You know, when I, when I was going on television this last year, uh, the team and I, we really had to think about it hard because we understood that, that fact that we don't want just people to pray the prayer of salvation. That's, that's not all we want. And to, to give you the, the truth about it, this is where the what's next program was launched because we understood that like people are going to get saved. People are going to watch this television broadcast and they're going to get saved. But then what? God's going to give us souls, but then what? What's the point? What, what are we going to do? Because I can't travel to all these countries that I'm preaching on television in and go personally disciple these people. And I don't even know churches to send them to where they live. So then what? Because I want to do everything I can do to make sure we're caring for those that are being saved. So what am I going to do? And this is the question that we had to ask ourselves last year and say, all right, if God's opened the doors for us to do more, how can we handle the increase that's going to come back? What do we do practically? And we said, well, we're not going to set up because the, the way it works, if I'm on television in 180 nations, I can't set up a call center and just say, all right, well, we're going to have people call from all over the world at all hours of the night or day. It's not feasible. It's not feasible. So we said, well, we know we're going to have to push them to the internet and we're going to create a way via the internet for people to let us know that they got saved. And so we set up a system and Tiffany helped greatly with this. Tiffany, who's on the team, uh, she's phenomenal with systems, absolutely the best with systems. And uh, we, we developed a, a, a system to where if somebody gets saved, we need to know who they are. So we encourage them strongly to go to the website, to the just, I just got saved page. What do we do? We made sure there's a prominent button on the page. I just got saved. As soon as you go to the website, I just, it's in the menu. I just got saved. When they click on it, they can fill out the form. The form lets us know who they are, gives us their information, lets us know that they've now made a decision to serve the Lord. But we don't stop there because we know that we need to disciple people. So that's where the what's next program came in. We knew we have to have a way. We've got to have bigger nets. We've got to have bigger nets. So we created the what's next system. And I went in and I filmed discipleship courses, discipleship videos. You, we asked ourselves, what are the most important things people need to know about serving Jesus when they get saved? And we filmed videos. We put them online for free. We made them into a course that people could access from anywhere in the world. And so we said, here's what we're going to do. We're making our net bigger. When people get saved, we give them an easy step. Just take your phone out and browse to that page and fill out the form. We immediately send them the videos. We get them involved. We plug them in immediately. Now, as people are going through the course, I can see who they are. I can see where in the world they are. I can see how far they've gone through the courses. I can stay connected with them. I can give them resources for free. We connect them to these daily broadcasts. 
so that they have something that's building their faith on a constant basis. We have a way to disciple them, to raise them up in their life with Christ. We have to be responsible. We need bigger nets. Because the question is, before I was on uh, television, you know, maybe I give somebody a brochure or a book in a church if, you know, 10 people get saved or 20 people get saved. But what do you do if thousands of people start getting saved? What are you going to do? Mail books all over the world? It's not feasible. We have to have it quickly. We don't want people forgetting. We don't want them falling off. Something that touches them immediately. It's 2021. It's not 1704. So what are we going to do? And we, what did we do? We made it available to you guys. And I see Lynn says, this is fantastic. It also gives me a place to send people I meet when, when she's out and about. Or if she leads someone to the Lord at a grocery store, she has a place to send them for what's next. Uh, and that's exactly what we did. And we made cards. She said, maybe you can make cards for us to give out with the info. And that's what we did. We made cards. And so now if I'm in a, a, a meeting like I am this week, and people are getting saved like they've been getting saved this week. I've got cards that, do we have any here, uh, Zach? Were they? Yeah. None here in the hotel. They're at the church. We have little square cards that just have the what's next logo. They have the uh, URL at the bottom. And I hand them. I don't wait. Now, here, here's something I found out. I don't wait. If they're at the altar praying with me, I don't say, well, after the service, go meet somebody. No, I don't even wait to take them to another room. I'll stand there at the altar and I'll say, put out your hand and I'll put it in every person's hand. I made this for you. I made this for you. It's a personal connection. I made this for you. I want you to go to this website as soon as you get home on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop, whatever. Engage with these videos. We see people lining up. And so we put this together. And why do we do that? So that even you guys can use this resource. It's a free resource. Do you know? And this is part of the, um, uh, I don't know if Tiffany's watching or not, but if you could put the URL to the what's next course um, in, the, uh, in the comments section. And I'll copy it and paste it to everybody. But we did this for you guys as well. To where it's a tool you can use. It's free. It's something that anybody, if you win somebody to Jesus, send them to the what's next course and it's free and they can use it. And, and that's why we did it because we've got now churches and I love this. We've got churches that said, brother Ted, we've got people getting saved here and you know, we kind of just launched or maybe we, we don't have a program currently that we use or whatever it might be. It might even be an established church that says, you know, we just don't have a, a program we like. Could we use yours? Absolutely. Take it, use it, run with it. And we've got churches now that are using the What's Next program as their discipleship course for their new believers. Makes me happy because that's all it is. It has nothing to do with me. It's just a tool that brings people into a, a, a more mature place in their walk uh, with Jesus Christ. And that's what we want. That's exactly what we want. And so uh, here, let me, let me put it in for you. I'll show, I'll show you, I'll show you the actual link. Cause there's people asking for it. And, um, and so let me just put it in. If you go to miracleworduu.com, we host it there with all of our other courses at miracle word you. Uh, so let me click on that and share the, share the course with you guys, because maybe you didn't even know we had this and we do. There it is. Boom. 
Let me share this to you guys. So here is, now Michael put in, that's on our website, miracleword.com forward slash next. And this is, thank you. So next is where they would fill out the form. Thank you, Tiff. I'll put this on for everybody. Here's the link to where people would go once they got saved. They fill out the form, miracleword.com forward slash next. Miracleword.com forward slash next. And when they go there, they have all the information. We know they've gotten saved. We can give them the tools. Are our nets big enough? See, we have to think this way. Do we have big enough nets? If God were to bless us. And so what, what Tiffany and I and the team, we had to think about was what, what, because, because here's the thought, the more God blesses us, these things have to be scalable. They got to be scalable. The more God blesses us, can what we're doing now be scaled to a massive size if God brought the increase? And for most people, the answer is no, no, there's people uh, now I'm not, again, uh, it's, it's a rant. I'm not, I'm not cracking on anybody. I'm not coming out. I'm just wanting you to hear things. Okay. There are churches that are established churches that are still doing all their administrative work with paper and pens. Hear what I'm saying to you. Churches that are doing their administrative work with paper and pens and logging them in folders. It's like, buddy, let me help you with something. You are so far behind. And I'm not just talking about because technology is advanced. You don't even have the best tools in order to make the best use of what God's given you, put in your hands. It's poor stewardship. It's poor stewardship. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there at some point we need to do something to, to help churches, but, but I'm, I'm blown away because there are resources and tools that you can use to properly steward what God's put in your hand so that you can be the best possible manager of the resources, the people, the, the families, your business, you know, that God's given you. And so I'm just, I, I want to help you with this because there's people that are just not ready. Their nets are too small and God can't bless them the way he wants to bless them because they can't handle it. They can't handle it. And God doesn't want to crush them with increase. He wants to bless them with increase. <laughs> Remember this, God loves you a lot, a lot. God doesn't want to crush you with increase. He wants to bless you with increase. That's something you people, people need to hear and you need to get it in your spirit. Put it, put it in the comments. God doesn't want to crush me with increase. He wants to bless me with increase. Tiffany put a great quote in the comments and I'm going to uh, copy and paste it so everybody can see it and write it in their notes. Listen to this now. Tiffany wrote, you prepare for what you truly expect. True expectation requires preparation. True expectation requires 
preparation. You only prepare for what you truly expect to happen. The reason that there's churches that run out of new believer packets is because they didn't expect that many people to get saved. And I understand that. And so the key is that you've got to prepare for what you expect God to do. Please put this in the comments. God doesn't want to crush you with increase. He wants to bless you with increase. God doesn't want to crush you with increase. He wants to bless you with increase. What's the difference there? The difference is, do you think God who loves you wants to destroy your life with anxiety and stress and pain because he puts so much on you and you can't handle it? God blew your business up to the place where you can't even handle all that's coming in. And so now you're just stressed out and yelling at everybody and you got no time with your family. And now you've got a, I mean, like, you know, you got an ulcer because you got so much stress. You got so much going on. You can't handle it. No, no. God doesn't want to crush you with increase. He wants to bless you with increase. Big difference. Big difference. Amen. That's why we have the principle, if you're faithful over a little, he'll make you ruler over much. He gr you grow and increase. God's watching to see at what level you're being faithful. That's why some people never get beyond the level they're at. They aren't faithful at that level. They're not faithful at the little level. Why would he take them to medium level if they're not even faithful at little level? God's not going to promote you. He doesn't want to crush you. He doesn't want to crush you. Imagine God loves me. So imagine if I was so bothered by people that were saying things about me online and making fun of me and calling me a false prophet. If I was so bothered by that, that I, I just couldn't get past it. And I had to get on here every day. I'm not a false prophet. I'll have you know that I went to Bible school and I know doctrine. I mean, if I had to get on this broadcast every day and redefend myself every time somebody called me a false prophet and it bothered me at night and I, I was always stressed out and some people don't understand. I'm a real, I'm, I'm a, I believe God couldn't take me because what's going to happen is if I go to the next level where there's going to be more exposure, there's going to be more people that don't like what, whatever it is God's having me preach and say, and there's going to be more persecution. So let me just tell you something. Why would God take me there if I can't handle the criticism at the lower level? He won't do it. He loves me too much. He's not going to have me in there have a mental breakdown because I can't stand what people are saying. And it's by uh, keyboard warriors. And so God's not trying to crush you with increase. He's trying to bless you with increase. Trying to bless you with increase. And that's the key. You've got to prepare for what you expect. Prepare for what you expect. And so that's what we had to do. We had to make sure it was going to be scalable. Well, this system that uh, we developed is scalable. It wouldn't matter if 10 people got saved from the broadcast or if a million people got saved through the broadcast. It wouldn't matter a bit because the system that's been created is scalable to the point where it runs itself. The automation runs itself. And you've got to have something set up so that you aren't crushed by the increase, but you're blessed by the increase. The other side of this, which I wanted to deal with, is the internal side. Now, I just talked to you about the external side. You've got plans, you've got systems, you've got all these things in place, but what about the internal side? 
What about the internal side of increase? What do I mean by that? Uh, why would God bless you with something that you couldn't handle with your character? Right? So think of it this way. Uh, is my internal net big enough? Why would God bless you with something that took you further from him? Right? For example, if God knew that if he gave you a million dollars, $10 million, he'd never see you in his house again. And there are people like that. The only reason they go to church and serve the Lord and pray is because they're in crisis and they need help and they need God to help them. But what if he knew that if he gave you a million dollars, he would never see you in his house again because you'd put your trust in the money, you'd put your trust in the system, and you go out and do your thing, you wouldn't win souls. What if God knew that? Do you think that he's going to put something in your life that's going to take you further from him? No. No, he's not going to do that. Why would he bless you with a boat if he knew that that boat is where you'd be every Sunday morning out on the lake or out on the ocean and you've got your yacht or you've got your fishing boat or whatever it is that you've got? If God, God knew, if I gave him a boat, they'd be out every Sunday morning on the lake with their family. They'd be out on the ocean. Why would God, why would God put a boat in your life if he knew it was going to take you further from him? He's not going to do it. God's not going to put things in your life that he knows are going to take you further from him. So what's the problem? Some people, their internal net is too small. So, meaning their character is not in the place that it should be. Meaning that their, their personal preparation, as I was kind of mentioning before, what if God blessed you and he increased you, but then because he increased you, there were people, as always happens, by the way, this always happens, because he increased you, there were a group of people, there's always going to be a group of people, that are mad about your blessing, that... They, they make fun or they mock you because you got blessed or they, there, there might be jealousy, there's envy, there's pride, there's issues. And so they, they, they talk about you, they gossip about you behind your back. Well, that's going to happen to anybody. So here's the question. What if you can't handle that? What if that causes you to lose all peace and all joy? You can't deal with it. And now your life is a mess because you got, you went to this level but you couldn't deal with the persecution that went with that level of blessing. Well, why would God do that to you? Why would God take you to a place that you can't handle? And the thing that's more important than the actual increase, the peace and the joy, and now you're in a place where you're totally stressed out, totally, you can't deal with it. Why would God do that to you? He's not gonna do that to you. He's not gonna do that to you. Not to say increase is wrong, increase is right. But see, you've got to be able to handle the increase. You've got to be able to manage the increase. Did you ever wonder why that the majority, not the minority, the majority of lottery winners, their life goes to shambles? You ever wonder why that, why that is? You'd think that, man, if somebody won $100 million in the Powerball, they'd be set Everything would be great. They'd be happy. It's almost never the case. Never. 
You go read the statistics on uh, mega lottery winners. They're addicted to drugs. Their families disown them. They can't, people break off relationships, can't deal with people. Why? Because something that was luck of the draw took them to a place that their character couldn't handle. Something that was luck of the draw took their life to a place that their character could not sustain. Think about the danger of that. God's not going to do that to you. God's not going to do that to you. Janine said, what's the best direction to look to for building a website and learning more about it? YouTube. YouTube is going to be my answer for almost everything. What's the best place to learn this, this, or this? YouTube. Absolutely. YouTube. Janine, use something like uh, Wix.com. W-I-X.com. And then watch YouTube videos to learn how to use the, uh, the system. Very easy. You'll learn it quickly. You can learn anything. And as I've taught another broadcast, the Holy Spirit's your teacher. So you never can say, well, I'm not good with this or I'm not good at that. You've got the Holy Ghost. And so you can prepare yourself for increase no matter where you're at right now in life. You can prepare yourself for increase. Absolutely. You can make your net bigger. You can prepare for what you expect. And I'll tell you, uh, don't ever feel like you're locked in to what you only have now. God will expand you. You say, well, I got a job. I've had this job for 20 years. This is kind of what I do. You can have something on the side. God will give you ideas. You can expand your net. You can get to the place where there's more resources coming in. You can handle more because God will show you how to do it. And then you can have the system set up so that you're prepared for increase. Prepare for increase. Prepare for increase. You have to pre prepare externally. You have to prepare internally. Is my heart ready for the increase God has? Is my mind ready for the increase God has? You see what I mean? Internally. Is my spirit man? Here's a great question. Is my spirit man ready for the increase God has? Am I mature enough to have increase hit me and still stay faithful to God? Big question, but important question. I heard Bishop Oyedepo talking about this and, and Pastor Adeboye, that God doesn't just check on you to see how you respond or react when the devil's attacking. God is checking on you to see how you respond and react when you're being blessed. When everything's going wonderful, when you are abounding, God's checking on you then too, because he wants to see and know that if I bless these people, if I increase these people, will they still serve me like they once did? I think about, uh, there's my friend, Pastor Jordan Bradford, love you. Um, I think about the fact that you go back through the Old Testament and there were times, there were multiple times, like go read the book of Joel. <clears throat> where prophets had to rebuke God's people because there were times of increase that hit them, times of prosperity. But the danger was the prosperity took them away. They allowed it to remove them from their dedication to God. And so they focused upon, they focused on 
personal prosperity over their dedication to the Lord. And God had to come and tell them, hey, I asked you to go and build my temple. And there was a portion of scripture where God had to ask them, how is it that my temple lies in ruins, shambles, but you guys are living in beautiful paneled houses? How is it that my temple lies in shambles while you're living in beautiful paneled houses? What was he pointing out? That they put other things before him, that they'd allowed their prosperity and their increase to become their God. And he's watching us when things are going well. He's watching us to see how we handle the blessing. Can, can we be blessed and still put him first? Can we overflow and abound and still put his kingdom above all other things? That's the question. And see, that's an internal preparation. That's me making my nets bigger inside of me. Not just systems outside, not just preparation outside, but what about my heart? What about my spirit? What about my spirituality? Is it ready for an increase? Is it ready for an increase? See, and we have to stay ready and humble because one of the things that's often taught, often warned in the Old Testament and in the New, nothing wrong with increase. It's God's nature. Nothing wrong with blessing. Nothing wrong with prosperity. Prosperity is God's plan. It's just that we don't allow prosperity to remove us from the provider. Catch that. Put it in the, in the comment section. Hey, Jordan Work, love you, buddy. Put it in the comment section. Never let prosperity remove you from the provider. Put that in. Put that in. Never let prosperity remove you from the provider. That's how you know some people aren't ready for increase. That's how you know. I'm going to say one thing here at the end before I pray for you that's going to help you. Yes, put it in the comments. Never let prosperity remove you from the provider. This is one of the areas where tithing is really, really an important marker. Because tithing is a constant test of your life at every level of increase. At every level of increase. Because I've heard people say stuff like this. Well, if God would just let me start making 100 grand a year, I'd start tithing. Bull crap. You don't tithe now. You don't tithe now. Well, I only make, right now, I only make about 35,000 a year, but if he'd bump me up to 100,000, I'd start tithing. Bull crap. You don't, if you don't tithe at 35,000, you won't tithe at 100,000. And you won't tithe at a million. And you won't tithe at 10 million. That's why tithing is a constant test of your heart to see that whatever level that you're standing in, you'll be faithful to God. Tithing's not giving. Giving is giving. Tithing's a test. Tithing's a test. People think, well, if I just had this. Here's, here's the mistake. <clears throat> and I want, you to, I want you to see this clearly. There are people that say, I wish I could afford to tithe. Now, this is important because this ties in. Hear me. 
this ties into what we're talking about today. You're not prepared for increase. You're not ready. One thing I made up in my mind is this. If I'm in a place, and I'm not, and I never was, but if I'm in a place where I couldn't afford to tithe, that means that I've prioritized other things above the kingdom of God. Let me, let me tell you how straight I am on this. I'm, I'm going to tell you how serious I am. If my family had to eat beans and rice so that we could tithe, we'd be eating beans and rice. I'm being totally, totally honest with you right now. If, if it came down, and, and let me be extreme with it so that you understand where I'm at. If it came down to my family and I would eat or we'd be able to pay tithes, we'd fast and pay our tithes. I want you to hear that from this preacher. God and his kingdom will always be first, always. So if you say, well, we can't afford to tithe, yet people are wear, all wearing new shoes. People are all eating out at restaurants. Hear what I'm saying today, because this needs to be said. People are eating out, going to restaurants, got new shoes on, got all new clothes, got new sunglasses from Sunglass Hut, but we just can't afford to tithe at this point. No, it's not that you can't afford a tithe. It's that you've prioritized other things over the kingdom of God. And God watches that stuff. God watches to see what people are doing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. All these other things will be added. Carolyn said, he's serious. No curse is worth a good meal or a nice pair of shoes. Not even worth the mortgage. That's right. I'd rather live in a shack and tithe than to live in a mansion and keep it all to myself. But because I, because I have that mindset, I'll never live in a shack. Because God knows that he comes first before anything, including my wife and including my kids, he know, I know that he'll never put me in that position. Because if you put God first, he puts you first. If you put God first, he puts you first. And I tell you, I would eat beans and rice daily. I'd fast and not eat before I'd not pay my tithes. Because it's a test of your heart. It's a test of your heart. <clears throat> and, and when people say, well, if I could afford to, you can afford to. You make it the first thing that goes out the door. First thing. God gets his first. And I told you this before. This is how I, I, I'm making plans to stay in increase for the rest of my life. My wife and I make sure that the largest amount of money that goes out of our house every year is not the mortgage. It is not the car payment. It is not insurance payments. We make sure that the largest amount of money that goes out of our hands every year is going into the kingdom. And that ensures I will always be abundantly blessed. I'm talking about the level of blessing that makes wicked people pee their pants when they see it get angry about it. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy that wicked people get angry when they see the level of blessing to which God has blessed me and to the area that he's raised me. It makes me so happy to see wicked people get mad about where I live and what I drive and what I do. I'm so happy about that. You know why? Because here's what they don't know. Here's what they don't get. 
So these preachers are crooked. Let me tell you something. I give so much money away. (laughs) It would blow people's minds. It would blow people's minds. Do you realize? Let let me give you an example. I know people don't know this, but uh, it's probably because there's a lot of people that have never gotten to this place. There's a cap, you know, on how much money you can give away to, to charitable organizations to get a tax benefit. You realize that once you hit a certain level, there's no more benefit. Once you hit, once you hit a certain level of giving uh, to charitable do, of charitable donations, you don't get tax breaks anymore. They've capped it. They're, they've limited it. <laughs> do you think that I give a care? I, I edited there. Do you think that I care at all about? Well, I've, I've already hit. I've hit the tax break cap. We're not going to give any more this year until the next fiscal year. That's ridiculous. That'll never be the case. I don't give for a tax break. I give because it's part of my kingdom responsibility. It's how I'm blessed. You know, people say, well, you've actually given too much this year. And so we can't give you, the government's not going to give you a tax break on all of it. I don't care. I don't care at all. (laughs) You think I care about that? I give because I'm serving the most high God. I'm preparing myself for increase. I'm making my nets bigger. I'm making sure that if he ever watches me, he's never going to see me giving more money out every year to my mortgage than I am to his kingdom. And, I, and I'm telling you, I live in a nice place, a nice place, in a very expensive part of the country. But I'm going to tell you something, that mortgage payment will never, ever be more than the money that's going out the door into the kingdom of God, ever. Drive a nice car. Carolyn's putting in the comments. She said, our CPA tells me that every year. What, what does she tell you? That we've given, given so much that sh- we can't get tax breaks for it? Is that what she says? Let me tell you, I don't care. I don't care at all. The thing that's going to be the most, if you looked at my life in a pie chart, the biggest slice of the pie is going to say kingdom. It's going to say kingdom on it. If you broke your life, in fact, that'd be a good exercise for people to do. I encourage you to do it. Do it as an exercise. Yeah, that's what Carolyn's saying. She says, our CPA tells us only this amount of your giving will count towards towards tax breaks. The rest of it can't count because you've gone past their cap. Who cares? Who cares? It's not why we give. A good exercise for us would be to make a pie chart of our lives and look at it. Do the percentages and say, all right, every year, this amount's going out to my vehicle. This amount's going out to insurance. This amount is going out uh, towards, you know, and, and put all your categories and then find your kingdom category. Find your kingdom category and see what kind of a percentage that looks like. Shouldn't be 10%. Should not be 10%. It should be more than 10%. Because we're not just commanded to tithe. We're commanded to give offerings. That's, we're, we're commanded to bless the poor. Make a pie chart. You don't have to share it with anybody. Just put it, in your own, put it on your own phone. Put it in your own tablet. Put it on your uh, desktop of your computer. And every once in a while, just go in and look at it. Make sure God's first. With, you can see it quickly with a pie chart. Oh yeah, he's still first. Oh yeah, the biggest slice on that pie chart is kingdom. The kingdom slice. Somebody ought to put that in. We'll make it our own hashtag. Hashtag kingdom slice. Put it on. Hashtag kingdom slice. 
Hashtag Kingdom Slice. That's right. My wife put in the comments, you need to train yourself not to care about the tax breaks because the government can rip that out right from under you. And if you're prepared not to care, it won't even phase you. If they took that out tomorrow, if they stopped giving that tomorrow, I'd still give just as much, if not more. I'd probably give more just to rub it in the devil's eye. That's right. Hashtag kingdom slice. Put it in the comments. Kingdom slice. That's going to be the biggest slice of the pie in my life. How about yours? Kingdom slice. Look at that pie chart. Insurance will never be more. Car payment will never be more. Mortgage will never be more. Rent will never be more. What I spend on myself, pleasure will never be more. Vacations will never be more. Eating out will never be more. Christmas will never be more. Birthdays will never be more. Kingdom slice. Kingdom slice. That's the one. That's the, that's the pie slice on the chart. That's going to be the largest by a lot. By a lot. Kingdom slice. Come on. Kingdom slice. Are you ready for increase? Are you prepared? Are your nets big enough? Are you in the position? Yeah, we should put that on a shirt, Kim. Kingdom slice. Who gets, who gets the biggest slice of the pie? God does. The kingdom does. Seek ye first, top of the line, the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. Let me pray for you. God's got a plan to increase you. He's got a plan to bless you. But you and I have to be in position to be blessed. Have to be. We have to be. Let me pray for you and your family. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those watching and listening on the podcast. I pray in Jesus' name that this would be a year that our dedication would go through the roof. Through the roof. Let us actively put ourselves in position to be blessed to see increase. It'll never take us away from our dedication. It'll never take us away from what you've called us to do. It's kingdom first. Kingdom first in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless abundantly every faithful Victory Tribe member that's watching this, that's listening to this. Bless them so abundantly that it would blow the minds of those around them to see what you did in their life in such a short period of time. Let it be a testimony. Let our kingdom slice get larger and larger and larger. Let our kingdom slice get larger and larger and larger in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray that we would get to the place in our lives where we would live on 10% and be able to put 90% into the kingdom. Let us increase to that place where we would be able to live on 10 and 90 go into the kingdom. Let our kingdom slice grow and grow and grow in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And if you receive it and believe it, I don't even know if there is a pie slice emoji, but if there is, Throw a pie slice emoji at. I'm going to look at it right now because I don't know if there is. 
Has anybody else seen that? Pie. There is a pie. Put the pie. <laughs> it's a full pie. Put the full pie emoji into the, into the comment section. The full pie. Oh, there is a slice. What did you type, Zach? That's a whole pie. No, it came up as a slice of pie. That's awesome. Everybody's putting the pie slice in. That's awesome. Kingdom slice. Oh, that. It's pie, yeah. It's pie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed. Love you, Miss Hale. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow. If there was ever a day to sow, today's the day. We're expecting increase. We're expecting promotion. We're expecting expansion. Absolutely. God's taken us to another level. And there's those of you, you're believing for increase. You're believing for your own business. You're believing for your own business. And so there's the information. I'm going to give you time to do it. Many of you, the Lord's been speaking to you to partner with us, partner with this ministry. If you'd like to figure out, I'll put it in all of the, uh, all the comment sections here, but we've got, we've revamped our partner page. You can see all that we're doing. Let me copy that and paste it. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. God's been speaking to you to partner with this ministry. Step out in faith and partner. Step out in faith and partner. Oh, touch Harper, Lord. He's at the dentist. He won't stop crying. Touch him, Jesus. Help him. You can go to miracleword.com forward slash partner. Check it all out. You can fill out the form and stand with us on a monthly basis. By the way, uh, I forgot to mention this today, but we've come to really, I don't know if Jenna's watching, but we've really come to the place where the homecoming um, weekend that's getting ready to come up in November, I think it's pretty much full for the partners. Uh, we might have a few seats left. Let pro I know we have like less than 10, I think at this point, seats left. Uh, coming up November the 12th and the 13th, we want you to be there. This is going to be in Allentown, Pennsylvania. The Friday night on the 12th, we have a revival service that's open to everybody at Central Assembly of God in Bethlehem. And the 13th is our luncheon together, um, which we're going to have at the Renaissance Hotel right there in Allentown from 12 noon uh, until 3 p.m. Love to see you there. Uh, for those of you that are partnering with us, you had a, uh, an RSVP link come to you and uh, hopefully you filled it out. We can't accommodate children under 13. So we ask that the children be 13 or older if they're coming with you. I understand if you're a nursing mother or anything like that, but we just have no childcare and we have no way to accommodate children. So uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be great. November's coming quick. Make your travel plans. We've got people that are flying in from all over the place to come be a part of this. And this won't be the last one we're doing. Uh, we're going to do more of these and spend time with you guys. We want to hang out, talk to you, take questions, show you the vision of what's coming next. It's exciting. We're very much looking forward to uh, spending time with you. We've got a new three-part series 
for the kids. If you go to miraclewordkids.com or you can go on our app and watch it called The Walk, Walking in Wisdom Part 1 uh, launched yesterday. So it's on miraclewordkids.com. It's on our app. If you don't have our app, uh, I want to encourage you to go get it. It's for free. You can get it on the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store. has so much content in there for you guys. All of our television broadcasts, all of the Miracle Word Kids stuff, Miracle Word Radio 24-7, videos, all kinds of things to stir your faith and to put you in position for increase. And uh, so we look forward to seeing you guys in November. Again, I'm in Lancaster tonight and tomorrow night we finish. And then next week, Washington, Pennsylvania. And the week after, Albemarle, North Carolina, under the tent. Definitely uh, want to see you guys. It's been awesome seeing all of you uh, driving in for these meetings. It's been awesome to hang with you. It's been a powerful week already. And um, I've been enjoying hanging with Pastors Joe and Sarah Spence. We've been having a great time. Tonight, don't miss it, 7 o'clock. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Bring somebody that needs a touch from God. It's going to be a great final couple of nights here uh, in Lancaster. So I want to encourage you to get out here. Thank you for everybody that's sowing seeds this month of August. For everybody that's partnering at $85 or more, we're going to be send you, sending you Bishop Oyedepo's book, Operating in the Supernatural. Uh, it's an awesome book, and he's a man that is operating in the supernatural. Uh, it'll bless you. So if you'd like to get that, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. Fill out the form and let us know where to send that book to you, and we'll hook you up. We love you so much. Thanks for standing with us. Thanks for hanging with me today. I'll see you again in the morning. I'll be back right here. 10.30 a.m. tomorrow morning. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.